Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. The Apostle Paul admonishes all believers that they should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And that transformation is going to prepare us to serve God. So learn a very simple principle. If you're not wanting to serve God, you are going to find that the Holy Spirit, he will not work and bring about the changes that he's able to bring, that he wants to change in your life. Submissiveness to the purposes of God brings about a great change and a manifestation of his power, the Holy Spirit's power in your life. Now, the subject that we're going to focus in on in this time of study together is spiritual gifts. And we need to realize that it's only through utilizing spiritual gifts that we can accomplish the purposes of God. And again, if you are not committed to God's purposes, the Holy Spirit, you're going to be grieving him. You are not going to reap the benefit of his presence in your life. The scripture speaks about quenching the Holy Spirit and what empowers him to say yes to anointing you and working mightily in your life is when you say, I am committed to the will of God. I want to do his purposes. My objective is to bring glory and honor to God, not just by words, that's wonderful, but by also actions. I want to live a sacrificial life for the things of God. And when you say that, the Holy Spirit will begin to move mightily in your life and you will begin to experience change. Well, take out your Bible. Let's continue on where we concluded last week from the book of Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse six. Now here, as I said, the theme is spiritual gifts. And we know that every believer, because the moment you believe, the Holy Spirit enters into every believer. And because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, there is going to be at least one, sometimes there's multiple gifts that a believer possesses, but at least one gift. And learn something else. You may have this one gift, but as the situation demands, as the Spirit of God determines, He might equip you for a season, for a day, in regard to some specific purpose, something that, that is going on in your life, he might equip you with another gift in order to accomplish something specific. And the message is this, the Holy Spirit, because he is that third member of the Trinity, he is also omnipotent and is not limited. 
and therefore we have a great potential and that potential is to serve God so notice what he says let's begin Romans 12 verse 6 where it says but having gifts and it's in the plural because he's speaking to all the body remember where we concluded last week speaking about in one body there are many members and we're speaking about the body of Christ that is the congregation of redeemed and we know that there are numerous believers throughout the world and every believer receives a spiritual gift through what we read here it says in verse 6 but having gifts according to the grace now this is important because yes they are spiritual gifts from the holy spirit but it is only when you receive the grace of god that the holy spirit is going to enter into your life bringing gifts and the message is simple there is a relationship between the grace of god and spiritual gifts now realize through the grace of god one is saved but also through the grace of god we go through this regeneration we become a new creation and because we are that new creation we're going to think and behave differently and a true believer this one is committed to the will of god and it's going to be the grace of god that moves us to do god's will and it's that same grace of god that is going to be the catalyst in the gifts of God being utilized, empowered in our life by means of the Holy Spirit. So look at the verse again. But having gifts according to the grace, the grace given to us, us speaking to all believers. And then the next word in the text, and I'm translating this according to the Greek order, it says here a word for for variety a word for a different and it's speaking here about different spiritual gifts so it's through that same grace the grace that we receive through the gospel by means of the indwelling holy spirit that we have and we can translate it a variety of gifts the body is totally equipped fully prepared to carry out God's will. And that's done because the body as a whole has a variety of giftedness. Every spiritual gift in order that all of God's purposes can be fulfilled. And then he continues on by saying, what are some of these spiritual gifts that a person can have? And he says, whether prophecy now, I think it's very significant that prophecy is mentioned first. We know as well in Paul's writing to the Ephesians that there is an emphasis on prophecy. And likewise, again, in Paul's writing to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we find that same emphasis on prophecy. And prophecy relates to the truth of God prophecy is a catalyst for bringing things into the order of God 
And one of the things we're going to see, well, let me just read it first. He says, whether prophecy according to the portion of faith. Now, we see something. We see a connection between faith and prophecy. Faith has to do with revelation, the revelation of of the truth of God. And we're going to see that, that prophecy, the more that we submit to the truth of God in accepting that, believing that, that is going to have an effect on one's ability to receive prophecy from the Lord. And and we're not talking about someone as the prophets of the Old Testament received scriptural revelation, but we're speaking here about what prophecy accomplished in the Old Testament. Prophecy was revelation from God, as I said, the truth of God, in order to bring about a repentant change, turning people back to the ways of God, embracing the truth of God, doing the will of God. Yes, prophecy has that that degree of what we would call revealing the future. But for the most part, prophecy is pointing out those things that were displeasing to God among his people and telling the people what changes that God is commanding in order that they would be spiritual renewal. So first and foremost, he speaks about prophecy according to the portion of faith. Then he moves on to another prophetic or another spiritual gift, and that is the word here for ministry, doing ministry serving. Now, this is very general. It can manifest itself in a variety of ways, but the objective is is to do ministry. We can understand this in another way. Be a help, be a blessing, have an impact on another that once again, and this is probably why it comes right after prophecy, in order that one will be in a position that God wants that person to be in. So assisting that person, finding the will of God, doing the will of God, supplying what he needs in order that he can as well serve God. So he says, whether it be ministry, and notice he says, in ministry. So you are going to find that, one, he receives that gift to do ministry, to serve someone, to be a blessing, to help, to assist, and that spiritual gift is going to to be mighty as we do ministry. Now, here's a problem that many people make. They, they believe they have that spiritual gift, well and fine. And then they kind of just wait around for, for something to happen, for, for some miraculous event to just fall upon them before they begin to utilize that spiritual gift. What Paul is saying here, and he's going to give several examples in regard to different spiritual gifts, this is not how God functions. This is not how the Holy Spirit's going to move. We begin to minister. We begin to do. And in the doing, that that anointing and that releasing of that gift is going to be manifested. And that's why he says, whether it be ministry in ministry, whether it be teaching, 
that one who's called to teach, they're going to find that it's when they begin to teach that that anointing is going to be manifested. So it's in the doing, the utilizing of that spiritual gift that that spiritual gift is going to be manifested. So he says the same thing in regard to teaching. Whether the one who teaches in teaching, verse verse 8, whether the one who encourages, and this can be a word of exhortation. We talked about that word last week. And it's all about encouraging someone, being a motivating factor in someone's life to get them once again to, to be committed to the things of God for them to begin to serve, for them to begin to walk with God. And that, that encouragement, that exhortation, depending upon the person that you're ministering to, depending upon the situation, what's going on in his and her life, there can be a variety of things that will cause the manifestation of this encouragement to, to function differently through you, that gift. But it's going to have that same outcome. So encouragement can be manifested differently through different people, but it has that same objective, to influence people to be in the midst of God's will, doing what God would have them to do, experiencing the order in their life that God wants them to have. And then it says, for the next spiritual gift, the gift of giving now some people have that gift they love to give and it says here if that's you if you have the gift of giving and personally i believe a lot of people more than than what you may think have that gift and they do so he says that you need to administer that gift of giving he says in generosity that we need to be generous people, everyone does, but especially those who have that unique gift of giving, to be generous. And you are going to find the results of giving will become more great, meaning simply this, that you are going to find that God will supply to you more in order that you can accomplish greater things through this generosity so in the same way that faith impacts prophecy and and doing the other spiritual gifts being in ministry doing the teaching will impact that gift being utilized and manifested through you so too he's saying is generosity so those of you who have that gift of giving and we're not just simply talking about giving, for example, to a local congregation or to some specific uh, ministry, some organization. No, gifting should be seen much broader than that. Giving of your time, giving of, of all different types of resources that, that, that you may possess, the various assets. Some may be financial, many may be of a different variety. But doing these things, providing them to others in a generous way. That's what he's talking about here. And then he says, the one who has that, that gift of, it says, leadership, being a leader, let him do so 
in diligence. So it's when you are behaving diligent in that position of leadership that, that your gift is going to become stronger. It is going to be empowered. You are going to find the necess- necessity of the things that you need to be a good leader that they're going to be provided as you lead. So we see over and over, it is saying, God, I am convinced that this is the gift, the call that you have placed upon me. And it's when we begin to behave, act, utilize that gift, that we're going to see the provision in regard to that gift being given to us in a greater and greater fashion. This is what Paul is revealing in this passage. So a leader, let this one do leadership. How? In diligence. And the one who is merciful, that's another spiritual gift, to extend mercy to people. And he says to do so, how? To do so cheerfully. When you are forgiving and mercy and forgiving is oftentimes very closely related. Now, don't forgive in a, a grudgingly manner, but, but do so with joy, cheerfully, so the person understands that they are truly forgiven. Now, we know something. Biblically speaking, we find that, that being a recipient of genuine forgiveness again not doing so in a begrudging way but to do so freely generously cheerfully sincerely that is going to impact another person it is going to cause them to also be forgiving and we see that biblically we know that in the scripture we are instructed because god has loved us He has forgiven us. God has shown us mercy that we should show others that same forgiveness to be merciful to them. So those who have the gift of mercy, he says here, to do so with with cheerfulness. Verse 9. And love, if you have that gift of love, he says, do so. And this word, there's a couple different ways that it can be translated. It can be translated love sincerely. Another way that we can understand this word that modifies love is the word without hypocrisy. Meaning you don't love someone else more because you like that person, that person you believe can help you out. So you're loving them and someone that can't do anything for you that you're unkind to, you don't show that same love. So show it in a way that is sincere and without hypocrisy. And then he says, look at the middle of verse verse 9, where he says, abhor evil. Now, we remember that word evil is that which is against the will of God. And therefore, when we love we are going to be moving towards the will of God. Why? The foundation of the law of God is love. And therefore, when we love, we are committed to righteousness. We are committed to God first and 
others. We love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. So when we love, we ought to do so sincerely, unconditionally, without hypocrisy. And then he says, abhor, what a strong word, abhor evil. Do not be involved in, do not uh, give any attention to anything that is against God's will. You set yourself against that. You abhor that which is evil, that which is against God's will. And then he says, cling. And in, in Hebrew, this word for clean, of course, this is Greek. But in Hebrew, the word for clinging is also the same word where we get glue. And what it means here is stick to. Be always committed to and related to that which is good. And what's good? Well, in the same way that evil is that which is in opposition to the will of God, that which is good is committed to, related to the will of God. And the takeaway for us in all that we've studied is this, that if we want the Spirit of God to move mightily and empowering us so that we can utilize that is to be effective stewards of the spiritual gifts that we have received. We need to, first and foremost, we need to be committed to the will of God. And then secondly, we need to realize that that spiritual gift, and this is where he's going to come to in a moment, is for the betterment of all. Not just ourselves, but others. And that's where that loving others as yourself comes into play. So let's continue. Look now to, to verse 10. He says, for the loving of one another, and he says to do so how? Well, he has two Greek words. It's a compound word, two Greek words put together. Now, the first one is love, and the second one relates to that which is a natural love. And many people have identified this as kind of a, a love that you have for your family members. I mean, you don't have to be taught to love your brother, your sister, your parents, your children. That type of love is just, just inherent because of the family relationship. And what he's saying here is for the believer, because we are filled with the Holy Spirit that we should have that same type of love, not just for our family, but also those outside the family. And then he says that we should, and he speaks about the word esteeming. Now, this is a word of value. We should see value in other people. Why? First and foremost, because they are a creation of the living God. Therefore, when we are unkind, when we dishonor someone, we need to realize we are dishonoring one that God created, one that Messiah died for, one that, that God loves. We need to take heed to that. And that's why he says, keep reading this passage. He says, esteeming with honor one another what an important principle esteeming recognizing value because they are a creation of god 
esteeming with honor one another. Verse 11. Now he's going to begin to summarize this section. And he tells us all these things we need to do. He uses this same word that he mentioned earlier in leadership. He says to, to do this with how? With diligence and not in an way that it appears that when you're serving, when you're ministering, that it's bothering you. It's interrupting other things. Don't do so in a way that, that doing the will of God seems irksome to you, unpleasant to you. So we could translate this how be diligent and don't do the things of God in a, a lagging way, in a way that, that does not show a, a total commitment to it. He says, be fervent in the spirit. Now, he says that because when we apply all the things that he has taught us in this passage, it is going to bring fervency in the spirit. The spirit is going to work mightily in our life and through our life. When we put these principles, apply them to our life, and we implement, do them, then the spirit is going to be, as he says here, fervent, that is mightily working. And then he says, to the Lord, serving. Why is that there? To teach us that all that we do is really unto the Lord. So we need to have that mindset that when you minister to someone else, when you bless them, when you give to them, when you forgive them, when you help them, whatever it might be, you need to realize that that should be done as though you're doing it unto the Lord. Finally, verse, verse 12, he says, with hope you should be rejoicing. So hope causes us to rejoice. And when we are experiencing tribulation, he says so, do those tribulations go through them with a spirit of endurance, persevering. And prayer, do so. How? What an important principle. So simple, but so often ignored. He says, when it comes to prayer, do so consistently. And that's why it's good to have times, established time for prayer. When you, you stop what you're doing and you go before God, and this is what he's speaking about, prayer in a consistent way. So prayer in this consistent manner, this consistent way being committed to it, and the needs of the saints, he says, participate with. So when there's someone who has a need, a fellow believer, be willing to participate. Share in those needs of the saints. And then finally, the last thought, he says, you pursue, and this is a word of intensity. You pursue, and he says, loving foreigners. Now, scholars say there's two ways to understand that. People that you don't know, that they're foreign to you, they're unknown to you, unfamiliar. So strangers. And then we can understand it in a literal way, those that are foreigners coming from other countries. Do you realize that many people are displaced today because of war and other problems? We need to pursue loving them in a sincere way.
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. <laughs>